Chapter Six, Part One of Damien by Herman Hesse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter Six: Jacob Wrestles with God, Part One. I cannot relate in brief all that I learned from the singular musician Pistorius about Abraxas. The most important result of his teaching was that I made a further step forward on the road to self-realization. I was then about eighteen years old. I was a young man, rather out of the ordinary, precocious in a hundred things, and in a hundred other things, backward and helpless. When from time to time I used to compare myself with others, I was often proud and conceited, but just as frequently I felt depressed and humiliated. I had often looked upon myself as a genius, often as half-mad. I could not share the pleasures and life of the fellows of my age, and often I heaped reproaches on myself, and was consumed with cares, thinking I was hopelessly cut off from them, and that life was closed to me. Pistorius, himself full-grown and an eccentric, taught me to preserve my courage and my self-esteem. In constantly finding some value in my words, in my dreams, in the play of my imagination, and in my ideas, in taking them seriously and discussing them, he set me an example. "'You have told me,' he said, "'that you like music because it is not moral. Well, all right, but you should be no moralist yourself. You should not compare yourself with others. If nature had created you to be a bat,' You ought not to want to make yourself into an ostrich. You often consider yourself as singular. You reproach yourself with going ways different from most people. You must get out of that habit. Look in the fire, look at the clouds, and as soon as you have presentiments and the voices of your soul begin to speak, yield to them and don't first ask what the opinion of your master or your father would be or whether they would be pleasing to some god or other. One spoils oneself that way. In doing that, one treads the common road, becomes a fossil. Sinclair, my dear fellow, the name of our God is Abraxas. He is God, and he is Satan. He has the light and the dark world in him. Abraxas has no objection to urge against any of your ideas or against any of your dreams. Never forget that. But he deserts you if you ever become blameless and normal. He deserts you and seeks out another pot in order to cook his ideas therein. Of all my dreams, that dark love dream recurred most frequently. Often, often have I dreamed of it. Often I stepped under the crest with the bird on it into my house and wished to draw my mother to me. But instead of her, I found I was embracing the tall, manly, half-motherly woman of whom I was afraid, and yet to whom I was drawn by the most ardent desire. And I could never relate this dream to my friend. I kept it back, although I had opened my heart to him on everything else. It was my secret, my retreat, my refuge. When I was depressed, I used to beg Pistorius to play me the Pasacaglia of the old Buxtehood. I sat in the dark church in the evening, engrossed in this singularly intimate music, which seemed to be hearkening to itself, as if entirely self-absorbed. 
Each time it did me good and made me more ready to follow the promptings of my inward self. Sometimes we stayed a while in the church after the strains of the organ had died away. We sat and watched the feeble light shine through the high lancet window. The light seemed to lose itself in the body of the church. It sounds funny, said Pistorius, that I once did theology and almost became a parson. But it was only an error in form that I committed. To be a priest, that is my vocation and my aim. Only I was too easily satisfied and gave myself to the service of Jehovah before ever I knew Abraxas. Ah, every religion is beautiful. Religion is soul. It is all one whether you take communion as a Christian or whether you make a pilgrimage to Mecca. Then, really, you might have been a clergyman, I suggested. No, Sinclair, no. I should have had to have lied in that case. Our religion is so practiced as if it were none. It is carried on as if it were a work of the understanding. A Catholic I could well be, if need were, but a Protestant clergyman, no. There are two kinds of genuine believers, I know such, who hold gladly to the literal interpretation. I could not say to them that for me Christ was not a mere person, but a hero, a myth, a wonderful shadow picture in which mankind sees itself painted on the wall of eternity. And what should I find to say to the other sort? those who go to church to hear wise words, to fulfill a duty, to leave nothing undone, etc. Convert them, you think, perhaps? But that is not at all my idea. The priest does not wish to convert. He only wants to live among the believers, among those of his own kind, so that through him they may find expression for the feeling out of which we make our gods. He broke off, then he continued. Our new faith, for which we have now chosen the name of Abraxas, is beautiful, my friend. It is the best we have. But it is still a nestling. Its wings have not yet grown. Alas, a lonely religion that is not yet the true one. It must become an affair of many. It must have cult and orgy, feasts and mysteries. He was sunk in reflection. Can one not celebrate mysteries alone, or in a very small circle? I asked hesitatingly. Yes, one can, he nodded. I have been celebrating them for a long time past. I have celebrated cults for which I should have been imprisoned for years in a convict station, if they had been found out. But I know it is not the right thing. He suddenly clapped me on the shoulder, making me jump. Young friend, he said impressively, you also have mysteries. I know that you must have dreams of which you make no mention to me. I don't wish to know them, but I tell you, live them, these dreams. Play your destined part. Build altars to them. It is not yet the perfect religion, but it is a way. Whether you and I and a few other people will one day renew the world remains to be seen. But we must renew it daily within us, otherwise we are of no account." Think it over. You are eighteen, Sinclair. You don't go with loose women. You must have love dreams, desires. Perhaps they are such that you are frightened by them. They are the best you have. Believe me, I have lost a great deal by doing violence to those love dreams when I was your age. 
One should not do that. When one knows of Abraxas, one should do that no more. We should fear nothing. We should hold nothing forbidden which the soul in us desires. Frightened, I objected, but you can't do everything which comes into your mind. You can't murder a man because you can't tolerate him. He pressed closer to me. There are cases when you can. Only, generally, it is a mistake. I don't mean that you can simply do everything which comes into your mind. No, but you shouldn't do injury to those ideas in which there is sense. You shouldn't banish them from your mind or moralize about them. Instead of getting oneself crucified or crucifying others, one can solemnly drink wine out of a cup, thinking the while on the mystery of sacrifice. One can, without such actions, treat one's impulses and one's so-called temptations with esteem and love. Then you discover their meaning, and they all have meaning. Next time the idea takes you to do something really mad and sinful, Sinclair, if you would like to murder someone or do something dreadfully obscene, then think a moment that it is Abraxas who is indulging in a play of fancy. The man you would like to kill is never really Mr. So-and-so. That is really only a disguise. When we hate a man, we hate in him something which resides in us ourselves. What is not in us does not move us. Never had Pistorius said anything to me which went home so deeply as this. I could not reply. But what moved me most singularly and most powerfully was that Pistorius in this conversation had struck the same note as Damien, whose words I had carried in my mind for years and years past. They knew nothing of one another, and both said to me the same thing. The things we see, said Pistorius softly, are the same things which are in us. There is no reality except that which we have in ourselves. For that reason, most people live so unreally, because they hold the impressions of the outside world for real, and their own world in themselves never enters into their consideration. You can be happy like that. But if once you know of the other, then you no longer have the choice to go the way most people go. Sinclair, the road for most people is easy. Ours is hard. Let us go. A few days later, after I had on two occasions waited for him in vain, I met him late one evening in the street. He came stumbling round a corner, blown along by the cold night wind. He was very drunk. I did not like to call him. He passed by without noticing me, staring in front of him with strange glowing eyes, as though he were moving in obedience to a dark call from the unknown. I followed him down one street. He drifted along as if drawn by an invisible wire, with the swaying gait of a fanatic or like a ghost. Sadly, I went home to the unsolved problems of my dreams." Thus he renews the world in himself, I thought, and felt instantly that my thought was base and moral. What did I know of his dreams? Perhaps in his intoxication he was going a surer way than in my anxiety. In the intervals between lessons, it struck me once or twice that a boy who had never before attracted my notice was hovering about in my proximity. 
it was a little weak-looking slim youngster with reddish blonde thin hair who had something peculiar in his look and behavior one evening as i came home he was on the watch for me in the street he let me pass by then walked behind me and remained standing in front of the door of the house can i do anything for you i asked i only want to speak to you he said timidly be good enough to come a few steps with me i followed him observing that he was deeply excited and full of expectation his hands trembled are you a spiritualist he asked quite suddenly no knauer i said laughing not a bit how did you get hold of that idea but you are a theosophist no again oh please don't be so reserved i feel with absolute certitude that there is something singular about you it is in your eyes i thought it certain you communed with spirits i am not asking out of curiosity sinclair no i am myself a seeker you know and i am so lonely tell me then i encouraged him i know absolutely nothing of ghosts i live in my dreams that is what you have felt about me other people live in dreams as well but not in their own that is the difference yes perhaps so he whispered only it depends on the sort of dreams you live in have you ever heard of white magic i had to admit my ignorance it's when you learn to get the mastery over yourself you can be immortal and have magical powers as well have you never practiced such experiments on my evincing curiosity with regard to those practices he was mysteriously silent but when i turned to go he burst out in explanation for example when i go to sleep or when i wish to concentrate my thoughts i do such exercises i think of something or other a word for instance or a name or a geometrical figure then i think it into myself as strongly as i can i try to get it into my head until i feel it is there then i think it in my neck and so on until i am quite full of it then my thoughts are concentrated and nothing more can disturb my repose i understood to a certain degree what he meant yet i felt he had something else in his mind he was oddly excited and hasty i tried to make the questions easy for him and he soon gave me an indication of what immediately concerned him you are also continent he asked me anxiously what do you mean by that do you mean it from the sex point of view yes yes i have been continent for two years since i knew of what i have told you before that i practiced a vice you know what you have never been with a woman then no i said i haven't found the right one but if you should find her the one you consider the right one then would you sleep with her yes naturally if she had nothing against it i said with some scorn oh then you are on a false track one can only perfect one's inner forces if one remains entirely continent i have done it for two whole years two years and a little more than a month oh it's so hard often i can scarcely hold out any longer listen knauer i don't believe that continency is so terribly important i know he parried they all say that but i did not expect to hear it from you whoever will go the higher spiritual way must remain pure unconditionally well then do so 
but i don't understand why one man should be purer than another because he represses his sex instincts or can you switch off all sexual matters from your thoughts and dreams he looked despairingly at me no that's just it god and yet it must be at night i have dreams which i couldn't relate even to myself terrible dreams terrible i recollected what pistorius had said to me but however much i felt his words to be right i could not pass them on i could not give advice which did not result from my own experience advice the observance of which i did not yet feel myself equal to i was silent and felt humiliated that someone should come to me for counsel when i had none to give i have tried everything wailed Knauer beside me i have done all that a man can do with cold water with snow with gymnastic exercises and running but all that doesn't help a bit each night i wake up out of dreams on which i dare not think and most dreadful of all i am by degrees losing everything that i had gained spiritually it is almost impossible for me any longer to concentrate my thoughts or to lull myself to sleep often i lie awake the whole night through i shall not be able to bear that much longer finally when i can carry on the struggle no further when i give in and make myself impure again then i shall be worse than all the others who have never struggled against it you understand that don't you i nodded but could say nothing to the point he began to bore me and i was horrified at myself because his obvious need and despair made no deep impression on me my only sentiment was i can't help you then you know nothing that would help me he asked at last exhausted and sad nothing at all there must be some way how do you manage i can't tell you anything knauer people can't help one another in this case no one has helped me either you must think of something yourself and you must obey the prompting which really comes from your own nature there is nothing else if you cannot find yourself you won't find any spirits either disappointed and suddenly become dumb the little fellow looked at me then his look suddenly glowed with hate he made a grimace at me and cried with rage ah you're a nice sort of saint you have your vice as well i know you pretend to wisdom and secretly you stick in the same filth as i and all of us you're swine swine like myself we are all swine i went away and left him standing there he made two three steps in my direction then he stopped turned round and ran away i felt sick from a feeling of pity and horror i could not get rid of the feeling until i got home to my little room and placing my few pictures before me i surrendered myself up with passionate fervor to my dreams my dreams came back at once the dream of front door and crest of mother and the strange woman and i saw the features of the woman so very clearly that i began to draw her picture the same evening in a few days this drawing was finished painted in as if unconsciously in dreamy quarter of an hour periods in the evening i hung it on the wall put the reading lamp in front of it and stood before it as before a spirit with whom i had to fight until victory should be decided one way or the other it was a face similar to the former resembling my friend damien in certain traits even resembling myself 
one eye stood perceptibly higher than the other the look passed over me sunk in a staring gaze full of destiny i stood before it such was my inward exertion that i became cold to the marrow i questioned the picture i abused it i caressed it i prayed to it i called it mother i called it beloved i called it strumpet and whore called it abraxas meanwhile words of pistorius crossed my mind or of damien i could not recollect on what occasion they had been spoken but i thought i heard them again they were the words of jacob wrestling with the angel of god i will not let thee go except thou bless me the painted face in the lamplight changed at each appeal it was bright and shining was black and gloomy it closed pale lids over dead eyes opened them again and flashed a burning look it was a woman man girl it was a little child an animal vanished to a speck was again tall and clear at last in response to a strong inward prompting i closed my eyes and saw the picture inwardly in me stronger and more powerful i wished to kneel down before it but it was so much within me that i could separate it from myself no more it seemed as if it had entirely identified itself with me then i heard a loud confused roar as of a spring storm i trembled in an indescribably new feeling of fear and excitement stars darted before me and died out recollections even of the first forgotten years of my childhood of a time further back still of a pre-existence and the early stages of existence pressed through me but the recollections which seemed to piece together my life's whole history even to its most secret details did not cease with yesterday and to-day they went further mirrored the future tearing me away from to-day changing me into new forms of life of which the pictures were very bright and blinding but of none of them could i call up a just image later End of chapter 6, part 1 Jacob wrestles with God